0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Forgotten Events, and welcome to our new listeners. I am your host, Katie. On June 25th in 1968, the entire Robison family was murdered. Husband and wife Richard and Shirley, and their four children, Richie, Gary, Randy, and Susan. The upper middle class family from the metropolitan Detroit area of Lathrop Village, Michigan, were shot and killed while vacationing at their Lake Michigan cottage just north of Goodhart near the Straits of Mackinac. This case remained unsolved after a 15-month investigation by the Michigan State Police and the Emmett County Sheriff's Office. However, when the investigation was completed in December 1969, evidence pointed to an embezzling employee of Richard's. The murders began with five gunshots aimed at Richard, fired from a .22 caliber semi-automatic rifle. The trigger man then entered the cottage through an unlocked door and killed Richard's wife Shirley and their four children with a 25 caliber semi-automatic pistol. They were all shot in the head. The daughter, Susan, and Richard were also bludgeoned with a hammer, and to me, That act makes it seem a little personal. In hopes of leading the police to believe this crime was of a sexual nature, Shirley's body was positioned in a way that one could only suspect a sexual attack had taken place. Bloody footprints on the floor led investigators to conclude that only one person committed the murders. There was only one set of footprints. It would take 27 days before anyone discovered their bodies. Who was 30-year-old Joseph Scalaro III? Well, by the second week of the investigation, which was July 1968, the Michigan State Police and the Emmett County authorities had discovered that he was an employee of Richard's company, a disgruntled employee, one would only guess. No one had seen or heard from Scalaro for more than 12 hours on the day that the family was murdered. When police investigated Scalaro, they were anything but convinced of his alibis for that time period. They all appeared to be invalid. He had also purchased both of the murder weapons determined by police forensic tests to have been used in the family's murder. Specifically, a 25 caliber Jetfire automatic Beretta pistol and a 22 caliber AR 7 Armalite semi automatic rifle. The four 22 caliber spent shells found at the cabin murder scene. Were forensically compared by their ballistic markings to several 22-caliber evidence shells known to have been fired by Scalaro at a family firing range in 1967. The two sets of shells were found to be an exact match. Although Scalaro claimed to have given this weapon away, his neighbor told police a different story. He said. He had seen the twenty-two caliber AR-7 rifle in Scalaro's house just before the Robinsons were killed. Scalaro's missing twenty-five caliber Beretta automatic pistol, which he also claimed to have given away prior to the June twenty-fifth, nineteen sixty-eight murders, was matched forensically in similar class characteristics to a second identical twenty-five caliber Beretta pistol that he actually produced for police on the second day after the bodies were discovered. Both guns had been purchased by Scalaro on the same day, February 2, 1968. Also found at the murder scene were several Seiko twenty-five caliber spent cartridges, a rare 1968 Finnish brand sold only for the limited time of a few weeks in the state of Michigan, January and February 1968, prior to the murders. It was documented by investigators that one of the actual few purchasers in Michigan had been Joseph Scalaro III himself, and he purchased them on February 2, 1968. Scalaro's statements that he had given away both missing murder weapons and the Seiko ammunition prior to the killings also proved invalid. This was just one more part of his elaborate scheme to obstruct the investigation of the crime. During the lengthy murder investigation, it was determined by a forensic accountant that more than $60,000—that's $447,000 today— was missing from the two combined businesses of Richard Robeson. Scolaro was responsible for running the two businesses just prior to the murders. The two investigating police agencies involved in the case presented their combined evidence case report to the jurisdictional prosecution on December 17, 1969. Their report implicated Joseph Scalaro as the sole perpetrator of the mass murder crime. But in mid-January of 1970, Emmett County Prosecutor Donald C. Nogle decided he would not bring charges against Scalaro, citing the two missing murder weapons and the absence of his fingerprints at the crime scene. He said it would prove a difficult case. During the investigation, the suspect, Scalaro failed two lie detector tests and a third test was judged inconclusive. He even tried to deceive the polygraph interviewers in his pre-test interviews. However, four years later, Things would change when a newly elected chief prosecutor in Oakland County, L. Brooks Patterson, believed the Robinson crime had actually started in his jurisdiction and he reopened the prosecution. On March 8, 1973, when Scalaro learned of the impending charges being brought and arrest, He removed himself from the suspect list. He committed suicide. Scolaro left behind a note that read, I am a liar. I am a cheat. I am a phony. It included a list of people he had swindled in multiple business schemes. He then added a note at the bottom to his mother on the same sheet of paper, saying, I had nothing to do with the Robesons' murders. I am a liar, but I am not a murderer. I am sick and scared. God and everyone, please forgive me. Since Michigan law does not permit an open murder case to be officially closed, the suicide of Scalaro, their prime suspect, placed the case in the inactive file. Still, many questions remain unanswered. Those who personally knew Mr. Robeson were quoted in the two police reports filed on the case as saying they had never known a better family man, friend, or business partner. Join us soon for another Forgotten Events episode. And remember, you can always send us an email with an idea that you would like us to use. You could even join us on our podcast. We welcome your thoughts at Forgotten Podcast at gmail.com.